Hi guys and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Carefree and Black Diaries. Here on this podcast we discuss various topics like pop culture, news, politics, sports, I mean girl, everything. We talk about everything here and I am the host and my name is Shakira. If it's your first time hearing my voice or if you just happen to stumble across this podcast, hi, welcome. Thank you for being a part of our family, a new member of our family. Go ahead and subscribe. And when you subscribe on whatever platform you're using to listen to this podcast, you'll be notified every single time we have a brand new episode, which happens to be every Tuesday at 9 a.m. If you're not new to this, if you are true to this and you're already a part of our carefree family, if this isn't your first time listening to an episode, welcome back. Thank you for coming back again. Um, Today's episode, I told you all last week that I'm kind of easing back into podcasting again. So for the next few episodes, I am going to have a few guests on with me. Today is that first episode that I was telling you all about last week. So today I have Jasmine. Jasmine has been on two or three other episodes of mine some homegirl talks with Jasmine if you want to listen to some older ones after this episode is over however I did want to tell you all first that we are skipping the carefree updates so usually we have carefree updates before we go into our topic to just cover some things that happened throughout the week we're gonna skip that uh today because this is a long episode I think this is my longest episode yet because usually if it's if I think it's too long I will split it in half and have a part one and a part two but the conversation was just too fluid for me to split it and I didn't want to have you all waiting you know in between for the next part to come out so it's just one long episode if you need to pause it and come back and finish the rest of it later I completely and totally understand so I just wanted to let you all know that we aren't going to have any carefree updates I hope that you all enjoy this episode oh two before I forget also i'm very excited because i just started a youtube channel where when we have guests and if it's over zoom or video or something like that if i happen to sit down and record anything for the podcast those videos are going to be on the youtube channel to find and subscribe to that channel you can look in the description of this podcast episode and you will see the link to the video that goes along with this interview so you can watch me and jazz chit chat in this homegirl talk because it was over zoom or you can continue listening on your different podcasting platforms it's up to you so you have the visual and you have the audio so whichever way you choose to listen or watch is up to you but again the link to the youtube channel and the video corresponding to this homegirl talk is in the description of this podcasting episode so that's out of the way i hope that you all enjoyed this episode and i won't be coming back in at the end just you know when it's over it's over so thank y'all for tuning in again and right after the break from our sponsors i just went like right after the break from our two sponsors then you will come back and we'll have the topic the homegirl talk with jasmine
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi guys, welcome back to a brand new episode of the Carefree and Black Diaries. I have a guest, as you can see here, Jasmine. So Jasmine is one of my best friends. We met in college. I'm going to let her introduce herself in a little bit, but she was in, how many episodes have you been in? Like two or three? Two. We did the two. Okay, so like mm-hmm. two homegirl chats. So y'all really enjoy when Jazz is on here. So I was like, you know, I told y'all last week we were going to ease back into everything with a guest. So I was like, why not, Jazz? So Jazz, you want to introduce yourself for the new people here? Hi, I'm Jasmine. <laughs> <laughs> what else? Where did you go to school? Oh, I went to school at FAMU. I'm currently at school at Jacksonville University. Um, I'm 25. Um... My favorite singer is Kira. She okay, is, so. okay, okay. That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going into detail. Okay. That's good. So just so y'all had a refresher on who Jazz was. Now, and this week, I was talking to Jazz, and I was like, you know, there is a topic that I have been wanting to cover, but I felt like I couldn't cover it by myself. I needed somebody to talk to, and Jazz was perfect. Because today we are talking about healing your inner child. So what inspired this podcast episode was actually an episode of Insecure. If y'all have not seen this episode, and if you are one of those people that's like, I don't like spoilers, you might want to just click out right Get now. Get out. <laughs> click out right now because you're going to have some spoilers. And I don't remember what specific episode it was, but it was the latest season. Issa goes home to her mother and her mother looks at her and she's like, you know, what's wrong with you? Because moms can always tell for some reason. So she's like, what's wrong with you? And then eventually they sit down and Issa is like, um, I can't remember verbatim, but it was something to the point of her mom said something to her when she was a child and whatever she said to her when she was a child stuck with her even in adulthood. So she had to unlearn what she had been taught or what in her mind her mom went went, meant when she she said what she said so I was thinking about some things from my childhood and I'm hoping Jazz was thinking about some things from her childhood that we can reference in regards to healing your inner child and one thing I thought about that really corresponded with that episode was when I was a child I couldn't have been like any more than like second grade and I don't remember where I was we were on a trip somewhere and I complained about something I said I didn't like something and my mom was like you complain so much and when she said that I was like oh okay so in my head for the rest of my life I was like I can't complain about things so whether it was like relationships whether it was like at work um, my own personal projects, I felt like I didn't have the space to complain because it was like a, a signal of me not being grateful for whatever it was I had. So I had a conversation with her recently and I was like, um, you remember that time 
when I was little and you said that I complained too much? She was like, no. <laughs> she was like, no. she said, when did I say that? I said, I don't know. I was like, I was like a kid and we were somewhere. She was like, where were we? I was like, I don't even remember. She was like, I don't even remember saying that. She was like, well, what were you complaining about? I'm like, I don't even remember. But just that one instance. And that just goes to show like, what you say to children matters. Like, even mm-hmm. if it's something you think is just like a one-off statement, it sticks with them forever. It has the potential mm-hmm. to at least. So oftentimes, once we get to a point in our adulthood, we have to go back to those different things that happened in our childhood that we've been told or taught by society or people around us. And we have to unlearn those things. So, Jess... Is there anything from your childhood, whether it be from your parents, a family member, um, a friend, or society that you felt like you had to unlearn? Absolutely. So my family, like my whole family, not just like my mom and dad, like they played a really big part in my upbringing. And I think like for when I was younger, my grandmother and my aunt used to like watch me all the time and my aunt like has always been like besides my mom she's always like a huge pivotal like part in my life and when I was like it's so much stuff so when I was like (laughs) it's okay because we don't get into it um so when I was like eight she used to always like tell me what ladies do like Mm. ladies do this or ladies don't do that and ladies don't do this and I remember always being like this is a lot to remember but okay like (laughs) ladies don't like we would be in the store and I would like scratch my armpit she'd be like ladies don't put their arms up like that and I was like (laughs) and that just played a huge part on me because like I grew up always thinking like almost I had to be perfect. Like, in order to be a lady, I had to do everything perfectly. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of circus. That didn't really hurt me that much. It wasn't really like, dang, this is hurt. But, um, my mom. I'm trying to think. Again, it's so much. (laughs) They would kind of always tell me that, like, I had an attitude. Okay. Like, you have an attitude. What's wrong with you? You got an attitude. I used to always be like, no, I don't. Like, yeah. I used to be so confused. I like, I don't have an attitude. Like, I might be in my feelings about something. She's like, you need to fix that because that's ugly. And so growing up, I've always been like, to, to the world, I always try to present like a very happy face because I don't want to seem like I'm being ugly or being nasty to people. Like, I don't want to seem like I have an attitude. Mm-hmm. And I think, that she really thought that having an attitude was a bad thing and it can be sometimes but now that I'm grown up and I'm more like in touch with my feelings like if I have an attitude I have an attitude like we just gonna have an attitude I have to work that out and I can't you know be negative towards other people but I would say that I had a cousin who always told me I was a brat so I really used to grow up thinking that I was a brat like I was um a hindrance to people like I annoyed Mm. people Mm-hmm. And so that kind of has like still plays a part of me because I never like ask people for too much, you know, like I always just do like, I don't ask people for anything, period. But if yeah. I do like, do you mind? And if I get like a kind of uh, answer, I'm like, don't worry about it. I don't, I don't want to be a bother. And I think that 
holds me back a lot. Yeah, because <laughs> you always, have to ask for help for stuff. Yeah, like I rather inconvenience myself than inconvenience other people. Mm. And so that can be, and it's the same thing with her. Like now that we're grown up, we're 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 cool now. And I'm I'm always like, why did you say that to me? She's like, because you were a brat. And I'd be like, girl, I was like eight. Like everyone's a brat at eight. And she's like, well, you were like, da, 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 but it's fine. But I don't think people know, like you said, the like the potency their words have. Like it's strong, especially when you're a kid. Yeah. And you already have like people at school. And if you go to church, people at church, like you have so many out like inputs like of information that people are trying to tell you about yourself and you're kind of forming who you are as a person so when their opinions are like in your head about that like you think that's the person you are yeah. and it's really not that's just your opinion of me yeah but it takes time like we're 20 25 26 sitting here understanding that like that it shouldn't take <laughs> like this long, right? this long <laughs> to recognize like, those things I've been insecure for like 24 years. That's like, like, so yeah, I think I'll start off with that. Again, there's a lot. So, yeah. That was good because I think that a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of young black girls get that attitude um, response from like parents or like family mm-hmm. members or like you said, people at church too. Like, it's like as a young black girl, you can't express your di- discontent with something. I remember going to church sometimes and like not liking something that somebody said or somebody did, like if it was an older adult. And if you express that in any way, they will be like, oh my gosh, that child is so disrespectful. You need to do something about that. And it's like, I'm a child, but I'm a person too. And that was, (laughs) that was out of line. Yeah. That's literally all old people though. Like if you ever, even now, like as if you go to your family or like someone older in church, if I say something that disagrees with like what you think, that's disrespectful. Yeah. It's not like a, it's not like let's have a conversation. Like let's see eye to eye. This is like no, you're being disrespectful. And it's like okay, Martha. Like I feel like <laughs> Martha. <laughs> I feel like you got a lot going on, and I'm not gonna fight with you. But yeah, it's definitely it's 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 sick it, it's it's crazy because people will grow up thinking like that and that used to be another thing like I always thought I was a disrespectful person because yeah, I was told I got a mouth yeah like I got a mouth now sometimes I do be just <laughs> but I always would be talking like why well what's the problem like what why is this like this why are you saying this and people are like oh my she's so disrespectful <laughs> like because i'm asking questions i'm not even yelling like i'm talking yeah it's annoying it's annoying it is it is and Issa, the inspiration behind that episode i was watching like an old interview and i cannot find the link to it for the life of me but in the interview she was saying that it was inspired by her real story because in real life she was having a conversation with her mom and her mom I think she said something to her mom to the point of like, remember when you told me that I will always be single? And her mom was like, when did I say that? And she was like, well, one day you were talking to dad. She was like a little kid. One day you were talking to dad and you said that Issa's too like strong-willed, like she'll never find anybody. And when she told her mom that her mom was like, that's not what I meant. She was like, I meant that you have a strong personality. So when you find someone, they're going to have to be equally, you know, yoked 
with you. They're going to have to have a dominant personality just like you. And if not, you're going to run all over them. So sometimes it is our perception of things that people say when we're a child and how we take it and process that information. But a lot of times it's genuinely just what people say and our understanding of it is exactly what they meant. So I want to talk through some ways that not just us, but other people can unlearn certain things from their childhood. Now, mind y'all, everybody's process is different because we all had different upbringings. So what Jazz may say, what I may say may not apply to your situation. So you kind of have to work through what will apply to you. But for you, Jazz, what are some ways that you would say you will work towards unlearning a lot of those things from your childhood? I think once I came to the conclusion that my parents weren't like perfect people, they were just people and that they were susceptible to make mistakes and, you know, like not do everything right, especially because I was the first one. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I kind of got it better because I'm older now. So I'm thinking, I think when I was younger, I thought like when I turn a certain age, like I'll be like, oh, I know what being a parent is like. Like, I'll be ready for parenting. And now that I'm getting older, I'm like, what? Like, if I <laughs> right now, I'll be like, <laughs> like I don't know what, what to do with this thing. What do I do with it? What is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? Crying. <laughs> and so just, like, putting myself in my parents' shoes of, like, being like, this is our first child. It's a little girl. We don't know what we're doing. Yeah. Like, we're trying to figure life out and figure out how to do this with her. I think that was, it's easier for me to just be like, not take things to heart and unlearn those things. Um, and then talking to your parents. If you have parents that you're able to talk to, I think that's a huge blessing because yeah. not a lot of parents, a lot of people, a lot of people's parents are willing to talk or mistake or say that they were wrong about stuff. Like mm-hmm. parents don't like to <laughs> admit they were wrong. Like. Ooh. Let's not talk about black parents. Now, granted, I'm not a child. I mean, I don't have a child. So, I mean, I don't know how hard it is to say you're wrong. But people have a problem with that. Yeah. Like, you don't tell me you're wrong. I'd be like, Ma, I think you was. I was what? You know what? I'm I'm going to leave it alone. Let me leave it alone. Don't worry about it, dog. Yep, the sky is orange. I just thought (laughs) thought it was blue, but you're right. It's orange. But just talking to your parents and, like, having an understanding of, like, I felt this way about this. And, like, like you said, how Issa had the conversation with her mom. Sometimes our parents just be talking. Like, they just be saying stuff. And they have no idea that they said it. I I heard my mom be like, you're never going to get married if you are always as combative as you are. And that used to, like, get to me. But then when I talked to her about it, she's like, well, you're combative. She's like, I'm not saying you're literally never going to deal with someone, but I just want you to be softer. I was like, okay, I can, I can understand that more. Yeah. Um, and then I think, and I think we're gonna talk about this later. It's just like processing what we went through mm-hmm. and then knowing what to do for our children. But I will say every generation gives to their children what, what they think is best. Yeah. Um, I think our parents did what their parents didn't, thinking it was their best. And it was their best. And it it was, I mean, I know, I feel like what my parents did was great. Like, I feel like I had a great upbringing. There were flaws and nicks and stuff like that, but nothing's ever going to be perfect. Um, But just taking what we learned, what they learned, and then what we learned, 
and then teaching it to our children. Yeah. And unfortunately, there's going to be something that we lack in, which is going to be terrible for me because I'm a perfectionist. But there's going to be something <laughs> that we lack in that our children are going to have to pick up on and, you know, give to their children. And I don't yeah. think that's a bad thing. I think that's just generation after generation and just how it goes. It's going to be hard. I'm going to think I'm the perfect parent. It's going to be really hard for me to admit that I'm not. Well, there are no perfect parents. Yeah, again, it's going to be really hard for me to admit that. I think it's going to be, um, I think it's going to be great, though, because Jazz is just, like, a great person in general. So, you're going to be fine as a parent. Thank you. Anyone's looking for a baby mother. (laughs) Here's one right here. Where's the pretty girl? Right here, right here. Get out, get out. I was um, I like what you just said about generational is generational because hopefully you again think about certain things in your childhood where you're like, I'm definitely gonna do this differently. I did not like this, so when I have kids, I'm gonna do this instead of this. And like you said, a lot of times we just think about like we think about it in terms of just our parents, but we don't think about like our parents were once children and their childhoods. Like I told Jazz a story. What was that like two weeks ago? I think it was like two weeks ago about my great grandma. Was that two weeks like ago? Like a week ago, yeah. A week ago? <laughs> it was like a week ago. Like y'all. <laughs> I I haven't told y'all, of course, because I'm waiting on something else. But you know, when I found out that information I had never thought about like how my grandma came up like you know with her mother and how that affected how she raised her children and then in turn how my dad raised me so we don't think about that a lot of times because everyone was once a child and everyone had to have a childhood and grow up different ways so definitely thinking about that in terms to when you think about the different things in your childhood and how you want to unlearn certain behaviors or certain things that you felt you were like or different ways you felt like your personality was affected in the process think about that like your parents were once children your grandparents were once children your great-grandparents were once children and they all went through something differently I don't know about y'all but my parents were in elementary school during segregation. So that, first of all, segregation wasn't that long ago. And so who's to say like... So, so your parents were part of it too. Okay. If you so white, if you white, listen. Your parents were a part of the problem. And grandparents and great-grandparents. And, gra- and grandparents. Yes. You're walking around here. Grandpa Joe? Yeah, that was the one holding the sign talking about go back to your but that's a different time for a different day yeah we'll we'll have another conversation about that but it's just like they went through different things in their childhood too which really impacted how they raised us in turn but I was thinking some ways to to unlearn certain behaviors I agree with everything Jazz said and I actually had those written down you know talking to your parent and bringing up certain things like do you remember when you said this and half the time they're gonna be like what no (laughs) when did I say that (laughs) so even though it has stuck with me I'm what 26 and that happened maybe 17 years ago 
but it was still something that informed who I grew up to be. And I'm just now learning to unlearn that, that it is okay for me to complain about different things and voice my opinions. And also recognizing that there's a difference between complaining and having an opinion on something because I mixed the two up where mm-hmm. I felt like, okay, if I say I don't like this, even if it's something that's genuinely bad, I'm complaining. So yeah. let me not say anything. And I was actually talking to Abigail um, about this topic before everything happened in society. And she was like, you know, it also applies to when you're in school because kids can be cruel and certain things that she was told when she was in school, like she said, now my y'all, Abigail is like five, three. She has a very small foot. She said that when she was growing up, she wore tennis shoes a lot. And the kids at school would say, your feet look so long. You know, it's tennis shoes. Like, you need to stop wearing tennis shoes. And she stopped wearing tennis shoes. And I was like, girl. Okay, so. I felt that. (laughs) You you remember the episode of Proud Family? (laughs) La Cienega. La Cienega. That episode came on, it was the same thing because my mom is so grimy. Like, she would really put me in, like, long, kind of, like, skinny jeans and tennis shoes. And I have a big foot, though. Like, I'm really skinny. I got little chicken legs. And then I wear, like, a size 10 shoe. And one day, this boy, like, the episode had aired months. Like, it was I, it was so far removed. I had got out the clear. I was like, no one's going to call me this. It's over. This boy laid down at me one day. I remember I had caseless. My mom used to buy me caseless every year. Don't know why. I had on caseless and these tight jeans and his caseless shirt. And I actually thought I was kind of cute. I was like, okay, you go, girl. He looked down. He said, oh, my God. He was like, you, you're built like La Cienega. Literally the whole like everyone heard it and everyone called me La Cienega. And to this day, there are certain people that I've seen. They be like, what's up, Lossie? And Shakira, do you know that I have never worn jeans and tennis shoes ever again? Have you ever seen me in jeans and tennis shoes? I haven't. I've never worn jeans and tennis shoes. Wow. And I that's, that's so something good. I never would have like clocked. I never I and I never will. <laughs> never will. Wow, but Jess, that's something that you have to unlearn. No, he was right. I actually look like Lassie and good. I have to see it. I have to see. I've seen you in jeans and like flats. And it doesn't Because look flats bad. like show okay, so like I've learned how to maneuver. Like okay. if you wear um like flats that come to your foot, like to the top of your foot your foot doesn't look that big okay so you were telling me about the shoes in La Cienega oh yeah I've just learned how to maneuver with long feet and skinny legs and so I get thick um so yeah like that's crazy it's just crazy that you would say that because I didn't even realize until like I'm talking right now yeah like that's why I don't do it Wow. Kids are cruel, though. I feel like kids in schools hate the worst things. They do. But, I mean, it's a part of it. You know, like, it's unfortunate, but I just think kids being mean is just, like, a a part of life. I don't know. Like, kids are annoying. 
I was annoyed. I probably made fun of someone too, so I don't know. You are terrible. Just one person. I probably didn't. I probably I was didn't. say who. Yeah, because then I'd be afraid because I can't fight. So I know I was like, you want to fight? Ooh, you know what? I'll take it back, sis. You're cute. You're really cute. Hey, I was trying to think of something that um, that I may have been told back then that like impacted who I am now. I can tell you something that, oh, go ahead. You were about to talk. Oh, go ahead. I was thinking. So, you know, well, I went to a predominantly white school. I always have. And, and so uh, there was this black guy. It wasn't even cute, but it was this black guy. Okay. And he basically was like, I will never date black girls. And we were friends, mind you. Like, we were all, like, it was me. It was some, like, it was, okay, it was all white people. But it was me <laughs> and him, and it was, like, all white people. And he's like, I'll never date black girls. And I was like, why? And he was like, um, they're too loud. They're too ghetto. Like, they just want to fight. He was like, white and white, he said, black girls aren't pretty. He was like, but you, Jasmine, you're pretty. But he was like, black girls aren't pretty. Like, and they don't, and they're always ghetto. Like, he was just generalizing us, like, all of us. And because I had grown up in like an all white neighborhood for a period, I went to an all white church. There wasn't a lot of representation of black people on TV. Mm-hmm. That stuck in my head for the longest time to the point where I was like, because I'm black, I'm not pretty. Like, mm. just based off that. And it wasn't until like I was a sophomore at FAM that I was like, what the heck was I thinking? Yeah. Like, but that play, and that was like junior high. Yeah. And, was, and I remember just like, a, it was a lot of people who used to say stuff like that. And it was girls who used to be, I mean, like, oh, you're pretty for a black girl, Jasmine. Oh, you know, this is about a black girl. And at the time, I thought those were compliments. Like, I felt good about those because it was like, well, at least I'm pretty for a black girl. You know, like, yeah. At least I'll get someone someday because I'm the pre- a, a pretty black girl. But then, like, when I, like, growing up, like, that messed with my self-esteem so much to the point where when I went to fam, I, like, I remember I called Simone at orientation. And I was like, Simone, I'm not pretty. And she was like, what? I was like, I think I'm basic. And she was like, what are you talking about? I was like, I'm not pretty. I'm like, I'm not like these girls. I'm not super pretty. And then we had went over to FSU side for some reason. I forgot. And I was like, I'm not pretty like them. Like, oh, like. And I've always FSU, by like, the way, y'all, is a predominantly white institution, just cool. in case. Yeah. Sorry, Florida State. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just didn't. I That one comment, his comment led to like more. Like I would hear it more often. But his, based off his comment, I really felt for the longest time that just because I was black, I was not pretty. And that I would never be pretty if I was black. Like mm-hmm. there was nothing tied with my black skin that was beautiful. And that's like terrible. It that's, is. That's like the worst thing ever. And I'm so glad that my sisters, who my the school I went to now is a lot more diverse. Okay. And like you can't tell my sisters nothing. Like like girl, look, ain't, who not pretty? <laughs> Y'all not pretty. <laughs> so I'm so glad they have that experience. But for me, it was like rough. Like high school was rough. It it showed that like guys want to attract to black girls because none of the black girls 
like ever had boyfriends. It was always the white girls dating the white guys and the black guys and the Spanish guys and the Asian guys. Like it was never us. So mm. I think your environment period has so much to do but I think it would have helped a lot more and I don't fault my parents or anyone in my family for not saying this because I don't think that they understood like what I was being told because I'm not in like an expressive child I was an expressive child like oh I'm I'm you know I feel ugly like I felt like that was really dramatic um but I remember like I've seen it on tv and I think Chelsea told us this one time during the pageant okay. that like I, I believe it was her. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry. But she said, like, her mom was really good with affirmations. Like, she would that wake was up Chelsea. Her, yeah. Yeah. She would, like, wake up and tell her, like, you're beautiful. And then I've seen certain people, like, put it on their kids, like, door, like, windows or their mirrors. And I feel like, of course, my parents told me I was beautiful, but, like, I look like you if I'm not, if you're not beautiful. Like, <laughs> like, I think it had it been instilled like from a young age, like, you know, you're beautiful, you're this, you're that. It could have, it wouldn't have like, it wouldn't have stopped the hurt of it, but it would kind of like combat it a little bit. Like I, I wouldn't be so pressed about what they say. Like if I would have had a clear understanding of like who I was. But again, you're in that, when you're like a teenager, like 13, who those jags me? I don't know. Like... <laughs> I don't know what I am. So you telling me that I'm not pretty because I'm black? I'm like, well, what? Yeah. <laughs> Is this forever? So, and then also, my kids going to all black. I got to figure out how to put my kids in all black school. Like, Listen, y'all, I, I told Jazz, that's the move. Gonna, that is the move. We moving back to Tallahassee. Put your kids at an all black school. And it's crazy because when I was younger, my mom's coworkers would always be like, she's not learning anything there. Mind you, they had never been there, didn't know the curriculum, just knew the fact that it was an all-black school. So they would tell my mom all the time, and I'm so thankful that my mom never like caved in, but they would tell her like, she's not learning anything there. She's never going to be able to compete with other students going to college. Um, it's like nothing but negative things just because it was an all-black school and it was crazy. But graduated valedictorian had an ACT score that was in the top percentile like went to college on a full ride scholarship so we really have to get rid of those negative stigmas that we attach to all black institutions like it's crazy period it's crazy it's just I think because you don't find find a lot of DRSs like in other places of the world and that's going to be my dilemma wanting to put my kid my child in the best like education like where they'll get their best education usually it's predominantly white yeah because the funding they're you know they have the money like i i pray that i'm successful and if i'm successful then like i want my children i want to set my children up like white people set their kids up all the time to be successful as well but it's like how do I keep them black? You feel me? Like, I don't want yeah. them to, I don't want, I had to wait till I got to fam. And granted, fam, there's like a post of like, the HBCU will undo to you in one year what <laughs> the whole K through 12 system did to you in 12, which is so true because I, like, listen, I didn't, I'm not, I'm not even invited to my class reunion at this point because I didn't cuss out so many people. 
all this stuff during my school. Like, it changed my whole outlook on life. But just trying to figure out, like, how do I get them to, like, love their Blackness and, like, know their Blackness and, like, their history and their heritage and how important they are? There should be no reason that I didn't really learn about Black history until I was 18 years old. But they don't teach it in the school system. They used to teach about the same thing about slavery every year. And they tell you about MLK, Rosa Parks, and that's it. Very very little about Harriet Tubman. Yeah. She came down south and she freed the slaves, period. She freed the slaves with the Underground Railroad. Okay, moving on. (laughs) Like, there's so much about Black history, and I didn't learn that until I was in college. Yeah. I don't want my, I don't want that for my kids. So like, that's always my thought process. Like how we keep them rooted in who they are, but also give them the best because unfortunately they don't want to give black people the best. So it's just, it's very confused. I don't, I, I think you told me to put them in black stuff, like mm-hmm. black programs, black programs. And mm-hmm. like, they're going to be in a girl scout troop with all black people. Yep. And they're going to, I don't want them to play sports. <laughs> But, I mean, they can do other things. Like, I was in an African dance group when I was in elementary. Were you? Yeah. That is so cute. So, you can find different programs. I was in gymnastics with white people. I think my parents. Wow. <laughs> 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 but um, that's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. And we're going to be living in Atlanta, so we'll be fine, right? Because we're raising our home of the black people. I've come to the conclusion that we're getting raising our families in Atlanta. We're mm-hmm. going to live in a really huge house for like $1,500 a month. And we're going to be surrounded by black people. We're going to live on the outskirts, though. We're not going to live yeah. on the Yeah, we're going to live on the outskirts. And we're going to have each other, so. And yeah, and they're going to be around each other all the time. Yeah. Like, see her? She's black. Not black. So don't let anybody at your school tell you that you're not pretty. Okay, y'all listen. What they say, they got they have to if they go to the same school, maybe we can batch stuff a little like better. Yeah. Definitely. What if our kids don't like each other? Is that you think is that possible though? Like if they've known each other since they came out the room. You're gonna like each other. You're gonna like each other. Go hug. It's kinda like when you grow up with your family, like Unless you, you have a forever. boy and I have a girl, and I have a boy and you have a girl, and then they end up liking each other. I like, think they'll see each other as like siblings. But what if like I feel like whoever you marry gonna be fine, and whoever I marry gonna be fine. So our kids are gonna be fine. I still think they'll see each other as siblings. If I had a fine guy friend that I was friends with since I was little, I'd probably try to date him. Let me think. Let me think. I'm trying to think. Fine, fine. We had like a really good looking guy friend. I've known before I could remember. No, because you would have known. You remember. Yeah, you remember when they were like puberty. Yeah. Pampers. Like, no. Other people would think that they were fine, but you would be like, ew, no. I guess. Okay. Just try not to have. Wait, you want boys. But you're saying that like you're only having one child. <laughs> <laughs> right. You have to exactly so you have to match my children. So well, y'all, do I I want, I want a ma- at at max, like if I was lucky, I would want six kids, but I will take four. Like minimum of four. Shakira, you can have four kids. Well, I have told Jazz that I want to adopt. 
So okay, yeah. So have two and about two. Okay, I can do that. That's okay. doable. You just didn't want to have give birth to four. No. Oh, okay. Absolutely not. <laughs> that's a, that's fine then. <laughs> I would carry one for you. I'm gonna. I think really. I would be your surrogate. Pinky promise right now. I pinky promise. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'll be your surrogate. For like the second time. Y'all remember that Jazz said this. But like, you have to have health issues, Shakira. You can't just be like. No, 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 no. No, no, listen. No, 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 no. Like working or something. You can't just be like, I just don't. Now you want to add stipulations. No, I'm just saying like, you guys be like, Jazz, I'm working on the project. I just don't have time to carry a baby right now. But all right, Shakira. Or like, Jazz, it's not healthy for me to carry a baby. But you can't just be sitting at home and talking about, I just don't feel like having one. Can you have it for me? No. You have to have at least one too, naturally. Okay, move on. At home. Okay. Or Eric Badu as your doula. Go ahead. Y'all, as y'all can see, these are the conversations that we have. (laughs) Back to being in school and people saying different things to you um, and you having to unlearn those things. I did want to talk about that more, about um, what the black guy at your school said when he was like, he's not attracted to black girls because I feel like even with this movement that we have going on right now, a lot of black women are rediscovering their beauty and like appearance because it's crazy. Perfect example. You know, the girl who plays, um, Oh my gosh, why did I just go blank? She plays like awkward characters, but I don't think she's from the United States. I think she's from overseas. She plays these awkward characters. Anyway, I can't from, um, from, What's that show? It's a, she's like on a show. She's like kind of odd looking, but she's beautiful. Like she dark skin, dark skin, short like, hair, chewing gum. That's her chewing gum. Isn't chewing gum a cartoon? No, 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 no. Yes, yes, her. Yes, her. Okay, I know you're talking about. A few months ago on Twitter, like you know, ever so often on Twitter, some like somebody posts a picture and then everybody starts commenting on it. A few mm-hmm. months ago, a picture posted of her, and people were like she's not attractive she's ugly da, 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 da. and then like two days ago a new picture posted of her and everyone's like she's beautiful she has the perfect facial features and i couldn't help but wonder like would this have been said if we weren't in this current like climate political climate people have just realized black people because you yeah cause you know, yeah they just found out we've been invisible this whole time literally I'm going to tell my kids, it wasn't until 2020 that people recognize Black people. It's crazy. Like, like we've been Black oh, forever. Oh, you guys want to be inclusive. Oh. oh. I know. Wow. Why didn't you guys oh, say should, something? We should make makeup for your skin tone, too. Oh, Isn't that a bright idea? Black models. Black lives matter. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's so upsetting. It is so upsetting. But... I was just like these like her saying because she has very um afrocentric features like is that she correct? does but she she's she's very like androgynous like her face yeah features, like it's very she's like a model she's yeah I, I think she's very it's odd in how she looks but it's like an odd beauty yeah like and it's a lot of people that 
like it's not a common face if that makes sense you know she doesn't have a common face at all yeah. it's very i always thought she was pretty i thought her like her jawline to me is like it's crazy it is crazy her, her bone structure is gorgeous. yeah but she's not like she's not western you know yeah, beauty standards not, of pretty it's like carrie underwood right so it's just like with everything that's been going on, I feel like the black community is becoming, even as we wake up white people, the We're black community is also waking up to that. Mm-hmm. Oh, what they told us is pretty. Yeah, it looks okay, but we're pretty too. Like with our features, with our bone structures, with our full lips, with our wide noses. And it's kind of like, dang, we had to wake up too. Like y'all didn't know that. But if you've been told and conditioned for years and years, like I'm sure, yeah, you've seen that on television. Like we were as kids, we watched television a lot. Like that yeah. was our thing. You know, we were not the outside kids. Okay, yeah, we weren't technology. We weren't technology kids, but we were like Disney Channel movie on a Friday Disney night. Channel. Yeah, and we were watching Lizzie McGuire. We were watching even Stevens. We were watching um, Hannah Montana. Hannah Montana. We were watching <laughs> Camp Rock. Like we we're watching all these shows, and there's always like this beautiful and that's just disney channel they yeah. have nickelodeon then you get a little bit older so you start watching mtv and all, all those shows there's this representation of white people of white, white beauty this is what beauty is and granted we had raven and raven i think is like the queen in our eyes like of our yeah. times and like brandy Brand, well, and brandy ours she was she like the a, tail end of ours. Tail end, like we were tail young. end. Yeah, yeah, we couldn't really understand. I had a brandy doll, like a lot. Me too. But we Me had too. <laughs> we had her, but it was really like Raven, and then we had like the Proud family. Yeah, and the thing after, like we, I know my sisters were watching like True Jackson with Kiki Palmer. She's she's like our time, but like a little later. Like we were yeah. there. No, 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 because she was in that movie with Corbin Blue. Jump. So we had, is it jump. No, yeah. Jumping, girl. I remember Corbin Blue. Oh my gosh. Don't don't get her started on Corbin Blue. <laughs> but um we have I can count on one hand how many movies there were with just black people and where mm-hmm. I could see like braids. Like, do you understand how important braids were to me? Like I never I always used to, I used to hate getting braids. My mom did not feel like doing my hair. She had three kids and I understand. So she kept me in some like kinky twists and stuff like that. And I used to think it was so ugly because I was like, well, they don't have it. Like the kids at school don't have it. The people at church don't have it. And then like I think in that movie, Kiki Palmer wore braids. Braids, like, yeah. Oh, okay, like that's normal. Like we didn't have a lot of that. So when you're like looking at what beauty is and it doesn't look like us all the time. And I think now people are doing a better job. We have more representation. We could have more. We could still have a lot more. But we have a lot of representation now. So I think that's like a start. I think that's part of it. Like you have, it's not just like you have three people. Like I don't, yeah. I can't be like Monica, Brandy, and Aaliyah. Like yeah. that's basically what we're working with. You can say like, oh, we have Chloe and Holly. They have dreads. We have Sky Jackson. She's natural. We have Marseille. She has glasses and still cute. And I like how people came from Marseille for during the BC Oh my gosh. Why can't they give her a break? But okay. I'm that's sorry. why she came back and saw real, real, real. <laughs> but she pulled the hundred down. 
I said yes, please. Real rich girl. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. Um, let me see. I forgot what we were even talking about before then. We're talking about kids. I think it originated from kids. I had that straw. Mm. Shakira, do you have any more dolls? Because you told me not to buy it. Because you're like, oh, I'm going to give you burgers. I forgot. Present. Okay, yeah, I have to send you one. I actually made new ones, y'all. If you have not gotten your Carefree and Black Diaries mug, they're available in the description. Um, but I made a new one, a new collection called the baby blues so but i'll send you this one because the other one is like a light blue and it just says carefree on it okay i'll send you this one though i'll send you both i'll send you both <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna send you money for it support no. black business <laughs> tell your friends even if they say no <laughs> no this is my my gift to you for always being a friend of the show and supporter of the show yes. thank you you're welcome Okay, we're we're off topic. Yeah, we definitely are. We were talking about like unlearning different things from childhood, but I felt well, like I that was still entertaining. You told me we were going to talk about like what we're going to do for our children. I feel like we haven't really explained that, like Maybe what we we're going to do differently. I think that with mine, I'm definitely going to be more aware of the things that I say to them mm-hmm. and how things that I say can affect their entire life because I feel like growing up I heard a lot of different things not just from like my parents but like other people mind you I I hate to even say this but I have rarely seen like relationships that work or like relationships that weren't dysfunctional so so that's major to me like yeah, having kids like I don't want them to grow up in an environment where they feel like dysfunction is normal because it's not so I want to work on that because that's something I'm unlearning too like I always felt like you're supposed to argue if you didn't argue then no they love. don't love you <laughs> they don't love me if we're not arguing <laughs> what? so I'm unlearning that still and um, I want to work on that. I want to work on things that I say. I want to work on what you said earlier, which was enforcing like their beauty and how they look. Because yeah, like you said, like my parents told me, well, my mom, well, both of them, but mostly my mom, like you're beautiful. You're so pretty, blah, blah, blah. But I didn't hear that enough to combat the things that I was being told at school. So it was like, things that I was being told at school was outweighing what she was saying to me. Can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. So I think that, like, I noticed that with my middle sister, because she's more of my dad's complexion, my parents more so, like, used to tell her a lot more. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, your skin is beautiful. And then with us, they didn't really tell us because, I mean, you know, colorism is a thing. So, yeah. but, like, so I always think about like if I have a child one day and she's like your skin complexion, like what would you advise like people period, I guess of any color, but especially like people who can't really experience what you went through, like what what would you have wanna hurt like if I was your mom, okay, what would you want me to say to you to like really validate your beauty? Because it's kind of, I always feel yeah, I always feel like if I have a child who is of a dark complexion, I'm just like, baby, you're beautiful. They're going to be like, mom, 
Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Like, you don't understand what, what you know, I go through and I'm going to be like, I mean, I understand racism. It's different. Yeah, that's true. Because growing up, there was um, a documentary on um, a few weeks ago. It was called Dark Girls 2. If y'all have not seen it, please watch it. Did you watch it? Please don't watch Light Girls, though. There was a, a Light Girls? There was a Light... Uh, it was so bad. And I was like, you know, that's really cool that she's being all-inclusive. So Dark Girls, y'all know the original one. Dark yeah. Girls is like how women have to go through all this stuff as dark-skinned like dark skinned women and like all their trials and stuff. Cool, whatever. Like, not cool, whatever. I'm saying like it was a good documentary. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to blow it off like that. <laughs> Light girls comes on, right? And they have all these light skinned women. And everyone's saying the same thing like, oh, like the girls at school didn't like me because I was so pretty. And they always said my hair was pretty and people favored me. And it was just so hard. I was just like, <laughs> different. It's different. And I understand <laughs> what they were saying because, like, I remember I'm not really not that light skinned. Like, I'm just lighter than some people yeah. but I'm really I don't consider myself light-skinned but I remember like there would be girls who didn't like me and they'd be like because you think and it was also combated with like the fact that I don't know how I talk or whatever and that okay. I didn't know candy lady and they'll always be like oh you think you white oh you think you better than us I used to be like no I actually want to hang out with y'all and they'd be like no because you think you're better and that happened but it wasn't as detrimental as like when I saw people call my one of my best friends like Ethiopia because she was dark skinned and skinny, which they were dumb because that's not even what they meant to say. They're probably they're just stupid kids. Yeah. But like I saw how much that hurt her and them saying that to me that I would thought I was better than I was like, Yeah. Whatever. So yeah, don't ever watch Light Girls, please. I didn't Hopefully. first of all I didn't know that was like a thing. It was, it was, it was, it, it premiered maybe like a couple months after Dark Girl. Wow. It was so bad. It I'm was, almost tempted to watch it. It's so, it's not, a, no, because you're going to have like an attitude with me. Because you're going to be like, are you one of them? Like, <laughs> like y'all are, there. it was, te- it was really bad. Like, if you like it, I'm sorry. I think it was terrible. As someone who was like in that spectrum, I think it was terrible. And I, terrible representation it shouldn't have even been made yeah because it should have it just shouldn't have been made i don't know how to describe it but yeah go ahead it's not um um, when it came out i was tweeting and i was like i'm so thankful because me and my mom watched it together and i was like i'm so thankful for it because i had never been able to like put in words how i felt about different situations and it was crazy because so many of their stories like resonated with me to the point that I was like, dang, yeah, that had to, happened to me in fifth grade. That happened to me in middle school. That happened to me in high school, like specifically happened to me. Mm-hmm. And whenever I would tell my mom about different things, she would be like, but you're beautiful. And I'm like, okay, but that, like, that, that doesn't make me feel good. Like that doesn't make me feel better after I just went through a whole school day of being called black is night and if we cut the lights on off in here we wouldn't be able to see you mind you I'm being called this by guys who are my complexion or darker and it's like 
you, but we're the same complexion. Like, so self-hate, if you cut the lights off. So I think like if you have darker complexion children, not just telling them things that are going to coddle them or make them what you think will make them feel good in the moment. Like just saying, oh, but you're beautiful. Don't worry about what they say. Like you can't say things like that because then it makes the child feel like, okay, I can't talk to you. And I always felt like my mom just doesn't get it. Like she's never been my complexion. She's never been called things that I've been called. So she just doesn't get it. So it got to a point where I would just, I wouldn't even talk to her about different things that I dealt with, with my complexion because I just knew she wasn't going to understand. So First of all, you can send them to me. Absolutely. If you feel like <laughs> Shakira, they're dealing with some and things I, at yeah, school. And, like the, and I think that's great. Like, because so many times, like, people will be like, what? Dark skinned girls are beautiful. Look at Gabrielle Union or look at. um." And they say the same you know, ones. The say, it's like Gabrielle Union. Um, oh, it's always Gabrielle. It's always Gabrielle. And Gabrielle like brown yeah like she's not i wouldn't even consider her really like dark skin they'll say gabrielle they'll say like angela bassett they'll say who else oh my gosh i'm drawing a, the I'm top drawing three a, it's three it's like three that they'll always say oh my gosh who is that third person Why is gabrielle is angela I can't remember who the Taraji? third person is. I don't think it's Taraji. No, not Taraji. Yes! Oh, Kelly Rowling. Her and Kelly. And it's like, okay, but who else? Like, like they're rich. Like, who why, else? Why are you, why are, oh, but just look at, look at this person. Look at that person. But then at the same time, if you look at Gabrielle, Gabrielle always used to be with like, in movies with, Regina Hall yep. and all that thing. Beyonce is always going to be coupled with Kelly. Like, it's just, I want my child to have, like, this view of themselves that, like, you're beautiful. And I don't want, I guess it's like, I don't want to point out your skin, but I know that they're, that's going to be the target is your yeah. skin. So it's like, I, I'm just going to send them to you. Yeah, send them to me. And also, you know, like, have them in an environment where they see other they people. get some reinforcement like my mom you remember like the black barbie when we were growing mm-hmm. up like girl that's all i had she had the the comforter set like with the dark skin barbie and canopy <laughs> and the canopy i had all i had was the brandy dogs and black dogs yeah if i ever point out to a white dog she'd be like you look like that when Bratz came out, it was Sasha. Definitely Sasha. I might have had oh, one. Um, is it Yasmin? Mm-mm, she like didn't even let me one. I had like one Yasmin, but other than that, it was like dark skin Barbies, dark skin pictures. Um, in my room, like dark skin paintings, but, black black um Cinderella. Yeah, the black one. <laughs> I ain't never seen a white Cinderella in my life. I was going to say, I don't Cinderella. think I've ever even seen I've the never, white Cinderella. I've really never seen a lot of white, um, white, what's it called? Disney Channel, Disney movies at all. I thought I was going to be able to show you something that was going to blow your mind, but it's in the garage. 
It's in the garage. I still have my um my VHS, my Cinderella VHS. I still Dude, have it. I still have it. Let me show y'all something. It's gonna blow your mind. Oh. Is this a dinosaur or what? What is that? That's Aladdin. The VHS. In the, in the mm-hmm. Which Aladdin VHS. is that? Oh, you just want us to be shocked at the VHS. Yes. No, I'm really shocked that you have that. Yeah. Well, I'm not really shocked that you have that. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody <At> else, yeah. <laughs> Anybody else, I'll probably be like, Ugh. but you, mm. Shakira has a painting in her house. <laughs> You can tell him. You can tell him. Wait, is it the Lord's Supper? Yes. Wait, wait, wait. It's two. There's that it's one. Two. It's, it's, it's the, the one with the horses. horses. And it has like who, like <laughs> Martin Luther King. <laughs> Martin Luther King and like who else? It's like Martin Luther King, Sojourner Truth, Tupac, Barack and Michelle are on one horse. Tupac. Wait, wait. <laughs> Martin Luther King. So draw the truth and Tupac. Just sit on that for a second. Malcolm X. <laughs> Bob Marley is on there. <laughs> my job, my job. <laughs> I never thought this was weird until Jazz was like, is that? <laughs> it's the horses, but it's really the Lord's Supper that does this for me. Like, y'all can reimagine this whole cast nothing but black as black historical figures like it's beautiful i want one like i have to i've looked i don't know where to find it and it's been in my house forever i I guess that's why i never was like that's kind of odd just imagine but it's a picture of a bunch of people on horses they're like riding this way (laughs) tupac and martin martin the king like like, like, when were they together? Like, when did they? When did they? And Barack and Michelle. And Barack and Michelle, because who, who else? Figure without Barack and Michelle. Beautiful. I'm gonna get another one, and I'm gonna have them add me in it. So I'm riding along with them. <laughs> we gonna be on the sides like this, and then my kids gonna be in the front on the back. <laughs> Bro. I'm done. I'm done. I'm gonna ask you. I'm like, Ma, one day when you get together, but you're gonna have it, please. <laughs> I'm sure you can find them at like, I think she, I actually asked her where she got that from, and she was like, she had got it at a FAMU game. Like, you know how they have the vendors? That sense. <laughs> yeah, that it definitely close. makes sense. Like, where else would you find something? Where so else black? would you find something? <laughs> where else? Where else? Where else? But okay, so just send them to you, but yeah. just have them in environments mm-hmm. that where, yeah. I think that's just like my one of my biggest fears, like not being able to relate to my child. Like, I was watching Mary, the oh, crap, what's her name? Mary, Mary, Erica Campbell. She had a mm-hmm. show, and her daughter is like her dad's complexion, okay, and and she's like thicker, and she was telling her mom like. You just don't understand. Like nobody in your family understands. Y'all are all light skinned and skinny. And I was like, God dang it! What if like I have a child who's totally different to me, and I'm sitting there trying to validate their beauty, and they're just like, you don't get it. Like I think it was easier for me to hear from my mom because I almost look identical to my mom. 
except she's just short. But like, if my child looks totally different than me, like, I just have like, I have a bunch of anxieties behind the kids. <laughs> but that's definitely one of them. I get it. Just send them my way. And parenting is trial and error. You learn as you go. So. If I send them to you too much, they're going to like you more. Oh, no, they God. aren't. No, they are not. This way, no, I want to your house. And you can cook and I can't. Oh, my God. And I can't do hair. <laughs> okay, you got to come up to speed with something. <laughs> you got to be able to do at least one. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. They're not going to be able to eat their hair. They're going to have a weave of course. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right, just send them over here. I'm going to give them therapy, feed them, and do their hair before I send them home. They're going to be like, can I just stay with her, please? <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Just go over there. So, she wants to adopt anyway. She just... <laughs> like, Jazz, let me adopt your kids. God, that is not... Um, okay. It's going to be all good, though. I'm not it's worried. Good. I'm not worried. For you, I wouldn't be worried for you either. I'm worried for I'm, you. I'm not worried for you. I think you should be. No. <laughs> I think you should be. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not worried at all. You're going to be a great parent. And just how we're having these conversations now, like, then we'll be having conversations. Imagine like, us, like, in the thick of it. I don't know it. what to do. <laughs> she sounds just like me. I don't know what to do. I'm going to kill it. <laughs> I have a headache, Jazz. They're coming over right now. Okay. Don't bring them over here with all this stuff. We're, gonna leave, we're just going to leave with our husbands and we're just going to go to. We're going to go. We're going to have. We're gonna, so, as mothers, another thing that we're going to exercise is like self care. Like. Oh. So, and not just like, oh, I'm going to go to the mall. You know, like, I don't know about you, but my mom used to, like, every Sunday morning, or not Sunday morning, every Saturday Saturday morning, used to get her hair done. <laughs> every Saturday morning. Like, we would wake up, and I'd be like, dang, my dad got to cook breakfast. <laughs> Where's mom? Like, you know where your mom is. Like, every Saturday morning. And I, I, you know, that was good for her. That's, yeah. That was good. You need, her- like, a window. We're taking trips, okay? Yeah. We're not just going. We're going to get our hair done on Saturday, too, but we're taking trips, okay? One weekend out of every month. Look, hey, here. So I'm looking at, we're going to Bali or the Maldives? Maldives. Which one? Maldives. Which one? Bali. Bali. Okay. All right. All right. Cool. You going where? Ah! Ah! Be back on Sunday. I'll be back on Sunday. Don't Pick me up from the airport. <laughs> Don't call me unless it's an emergency. Don't even worry about picking me up. I'll take an Uber, okay? Just... Make sure my kids don't die. I think that's very important. Like, it is. I think at a point, my mom stopped doing that. And I think that's when she lost her mind. Like, <laughs> when you, like, don't have the time to, like, really care for yourself. Mm-hmm. You're only taking care of these her. other human beings. Like, you're, oh, my gosh, I'm so scared of that. Like, that's, being, that's becoming your whole being. Identity. Like, I am. I am so-and-so's wife, and I am so-and-so's mother. Like, I never want to get though, there. I want that to be a part of my life. But that's not my soul. That's not. you. I wasn't here to bore children. Right. And feed my husband. And that just be it. That's a part of who I want to be. Let me not. Let me not. Because, you know, God be listening. That I want that. <laughs> like, oh, you said but what? I, a bit. I, 
I want that. Listen, I want to be somebody's wife and mother, but I don't want that to be my sole being. Yeah. Like, I want to still be like, oh, I like to do that. You know, like how you ask mothers sometimes, like, what do you like to do? Um, Take the kids? To- no, no. Baby. Said, what do you, you do? <laughs> um, you know, sometimes me and my husband, oh, there you go again. What do you do? Like, like and I like you outside hard. of that. It's probably hard. Like, I'm sure it's going to take time. It's going to take us time to, like, get into that. Because especially when you first have kids, like, yeah. you're going to be in that mode of, like, I'm a mother, I'm a mother. But we'll have each other to be like, listen, your hair doesn't look good. So I feel like... You should get your hair done. get your hair done. Take some time to yourself. Yeah, give the baby to him. Baby. Your nails look really bad. And I hate, hate, hate your eyebrows. What's your name? Just get you back in line. And you're going to do the same for me. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's important. I think if you do that, then you're ultimately setting up a bet. That's another way of, like, being a better parent. Like, if I'm treating myself well and I'm not driving myself crazy all the time, then I'm not going to come home like a raging... (laughs) bull all the time like every like, day like oh upset my God. Bring this up. Pick this up. and now what the kids are like why is she always mad yeah why is she so mad like what do we do to you yeah you do nothing i just had a bad day at work and da, da, da. Like, no and that's what like we have to do with everything we can't put like kids are easy targets <sighs> because they're, they're vulnerable like, they're vulnerable and they're like they're, they're there it's not like they can leave yeah like you're there like you're they're dependent upon you yeah like if you're mad or like you feel some type of way like it's it's always going to fall on them and i started thinking like okay in a perfect world not even a perfect world i think that god loves me enough to give me a husband that's going to stay around forever right but let's say that circumstance has happened and he doesn't and there's something negative that happens i have to learn that like i can't put my issues my personal issues like i can't let them have an effect on my child Mm -hmm. and i think that happens a lot a lot of us are like kids of divorces or kids of parents who were never married and never got along and that ultimately like played a role in us like like me, I haven't seen my parents talk to each other <laughs> since I was like in the sixth grade. Like, actually talk, like, hey, hey. Never, probably never happened. But that, and now it doesn't really bother me because it's like, whatever. But as a kid, when you mm-hmm. have like recitals and you have all this stuff, and one parent's here and the other one's over there, and you're like, what the freak? Where do I go? Yeah, like, where do I go? Yeah. Like, like that. Like, you just have to be more cognizant of people, like, of of our children and how that takes, takes like, precedence in our life. Because, like you said, you've never seen a healthy relationship. Not even, because healthy doesn't mean that you're together. Like, yeah. that doesn't always equal health. Healthy can be like we're two people who cannot be together and we're co-parenting and we're showing our child like what what love and respect is towards a, another person. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us didn't get that. Like we got the tail end of it. So just like I don't know. I think it starts from the top. It starts from picking the right partner. Definitely. It starts from picking the right partner. It starts from picking the right husband or wife. Husband or wife. 
recognizing the red flags recognizing the red picking the right husband or wife not out of desperation desperation because you just have to get married but out of who's right for you who was sent for you who god had has for you it starts there like if you start the healthiness if you start from a dysfunctional place it's just gonna it's gonna turn dysfunctional like and a baby doesn't make anything easier so bringing babies in the world thinking like oh this will bring us closer together when has a baby ever brought some ho ho point him out show me one show me Tag one him. i have Tag not him. seen one send it to my dm right now show me where i've heard two people who were not in a good relationship had a baby Perfect example. Per- this is a perfect example. I don't know how many of you guys watch Love and Hip Hop Hollywood, but Princess and Ray Day, right? At no point through the whole matriculation of their relationship were they ever healthy. <laughs> they ever. were never in a good place. They were constantly cheating. They were constantly breaking up with each other. They were constantly fighting. He pushed her in a pool. And we all saw it. And we all saw it. He told her it's still airing on television. <laughs> He told her to go beat someone up, and she did it like a dog. He said, Disgusting. "Go." Disgusting. And she married him. Married him. Had a beautiful wedding. The wedding was beautiful, gorgeous wedding. That's what you guys are looking for. Have a party. Had a beautiful <laughs> wedding. Had two gorgeous kids. They have the cutest kids, and now they're getting divorced. What was what was the reason? Looks like we saw it coming. Like everyone saw it coming, but people think that you can like, oh, you know, he's done stuff in his past, you know, it's whatever. It's gonna get better. It's gonna get better. We're gonna get married because when people, because when men get married, right, everything changes. I want to know where what book says that. None. None. I actually was like cleaning out um something like some old calendars and I used to write like sticky notes in them and I found a note from Jada Pinkett Smith. I think it was like an old interview of hers and she was like marriage is not like this utopia that people think it is. She was like marriage holds up a mirror to all of your imperfections, all of the imperfections in your relationship and if you are not ready for that, it's not going to work out. It's not gonna work, and you can tell. You can yeah. you can tell. You can tell when the red flags are there. We just overlook them, and what we're not understanding is by overlooking them, like ultimately we're setting up um, a really terrible future for like our children. Definitely. Like if you're in dysfunction now, you're gonna be in dysfunction later. Then you're gonna have kids and bring those kids into dysfunction, and then your kids are gonna be forced to either learn from that and like reteach themselves or they're gonna fall in the same trap i I read something it was like the goal is to like have have a family for your children that they don't have to heal from oh the real goal because in all honesty like why do you have to heal from your family like (laughs) why are we healing from our family like whose idea was this the idea like when I think of how God thought of a family, it was peace. It yes. was there was healing within the family. You shouldn't have to go out. I think that's where that originated from. People were like, just keep it in the house. Sounds like, oh no, that's not where it originated from. Originated from stupid people not wanting to solve problems. But I think that you should be able to heal within your. If you have an issue within this family, like let's talk about it. But 
like parents don't want to talk about stuff like they feel like if you don't especially black parents if you don't talk about it then it's just gonna go away like okay we didn't talk about it it's over like remember and we're so quick to like discipline in so many ways like i'm not saying i'm against whooping like i don't i think whooping helps i needed a whooping i'm not because i'm not i'm not coordinated and if you move like i'm hit myself but i think that there are a lot of cases like i was talking to my dad so (laughs) when i was like 13 i was with a group of my friends and they were flashing people. And I didn't really, it, we were flashing people on the side of the road. Now, my brain, Shakira, stop making that face because okay, my brain, sorry, sorry, it, didn't, sorry, it, didn't, sorry. It, didn't, it didn't make the wire connection. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't make the connection of like, this is bad. But it gets worse. I was flashing people in my friend's house. You were too? Let me, let me finish my story. Okay, sorry, 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 sorry. The place that we were flashing people was about a mile down from my church. So I was a very impressionable child. Like, I, I'm not afraid to say I was not the, the leader. I was the follower. Absolutely. Because you have to look cool. Like, everyone else is flashing people. They look at you and they be like, what am I going to say? No. So I did it because flashing was just like this. So it didn't seem like a big deal. So I just went like this. And it was like a good... So someone from my church saw me. They called my mom. My mom called my dad. Snitch. And um, basically my dad like whooped me for it. So I was talking to him. I was like, dad, you really could have just talked to me about that. He was like, what was there to talk about? You lied. I was like, yeah. I told you I didn't do it because I'm 13. Like, like I knew I was going to get in trouble for it. I was like, why you didn't just talk to me and be like, why would you do something like that? And I could have easily been like, dad, like these, in these group of people, I just feel like I don't fit in and I want to fit in. And you just don't understand. Like, I just, I just feel a lot. Like there were so many things I feel like we could have talked about. You didn't have conversations to be had about that yeah. situation. Like, and, and I'm not saying he's wrong for looking at me. Like I, I didn't do it again, but like I feel like there, there's conversations that yeah. we can have sometimes. Like there's alternate ways. To and there's what too. Like if there are certain things where you need to like instill the fear of God in your children. Like understood, you know. If your child is stealing and they have everything in the room, like come here, you gonna get a whooping. We don't talk about it, but you gonna get a whooping because you gotta know not to do this again. But like I feel like if I'm that age, as such, an, if my if I have a daughter especially who does something that I feel like is impressionable upon other people. Sorry, my phone's about to die. Then I'm going to have a talk with her. Like, why would you do that? Like what, what, what made you do that? And then have that conversation versus like, we're just going to whoop you. And you learn a lesson. Yeah. We're not going to talk about it ever again. Like don't ever do it again. Like, okay. I I feel like a lot of times black households, like whooping is the easy way out like okay because after i whoop you you're gonna know not to do it but like okay but we didn't talk about this like so (laughs) yeah you whoop me but what else like and don't talk to me while you're whooping me because i'm not listening i'm not you're hurting me you're hurting me (laughs) i think i'm listening to you I don't care about nothing you're saying right now. Don't even, not, can't even hear you because I'm screaming so loud. I'm drowning you out. So we just have to think of like alternate ways 
to discipline children like a healthy way to discipline children because it's just easy to like i'm gonna give you a whooping so many of my classmates got whoopings and they were still terrible whooping is not like it like yeah like you know people be like well my mom used to hit me with the cord and the hanger you were abused and i'm sorry you got Um, abused (laughs) But I don't, I'm not saying that's like the best route to go. Like, I think that you should have at a certain age, like at a certain age, you have to be able to talk to your children. Mm -hmm. Like, what's going on with you? Because kids don't just do, the the things I got whooped for, I didn't just do them because I felt like doing them. I wasn't just bored. And I was like, you know what? There was a reason behind it. And I needed some type of guidance. And I think as a parent, sometimes we forget, like, or as a parent, I'm not a parent. As parents, sometimes they forget, like. Is something you're trying to tell me, Jazz? I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm married, reincarnated. But, uh, um, yeah, I just feel like there, you just have to, like, be able to talk. I think that's something I'm really going to implement in my children. Hopefully, <laughs> I don't, like, talk to them where they're like, shut them up, please. But I'm going to always talk to my kids, like, always. And they're going to get sick of me, like. I'm, I, if you I'm have gonna... a, a conversation, then where it's like a dialogue and not just like a one-way street no. where you're just like. Rah, 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 no, rah. I want to, yeah, I want to talk. Like, how was your day? What's going on? Yeah. Like, I'm just going to come in their room and lay on their bed. I'm just be like, what are you doing? So they're probably going to find me annoying at some point, but at least they'll know, like, if there's something I need to talk about, I can talk to my mom. There's never, yeah. like, a thing of, like, and then also, you know what else I learned? Sorry. I think that, like, as a parent, sometimes when we think of our parents, we think of them as being perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what makes them more, like, it's hard to talk to them. And, like... Knowing that, a, like, I want to be able to share with my child, like, I messed up. This is where mm-hmm. I messed up. Because I feel like when I learned stuff about my parents, where they messed up, it made them seem more, like, relatable. Like, yeah. I can Human. talk to you. Yeah, like, you're not just like, oh, my mom, like, <laughs> so perfect. It's like, oh, you did stuff that was not perfect all the time, too. But as parents, I think they're afraid to tell us that because they think we're going to judge them or that we're going to do it when it's like, no, I just want to know that like not being perfect all the time is okay. Like not being like this supreme, amazing child is not okay. Like you made mistakes too, or you did this in relationships too, or you did this with, you know, like that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I think parents are afraid to share that too. So that would be something else that I would want to implement with my children. Like, listen, now, granted, I didn't do a lot, but, well, you know, I got drunk once. <laughs> once? It's terrible. In college? In college? <laughs> At, like, 25, 23. <laughs> we all do it. I'm like, Mom, loser. But I think that was something else I was thinking of, too, when I was thinking about the subject. Just, like, when I learned more stuff about my mom, I'm like, girl. Okay. Okay. You're different than I thought. You, you, so you just wasn't around here being a a living angel of God. You (laughs) was around here doing stuff. Okay. I agree. I agree. I think that's something that, again, with the next generation, that you have to be like more open with the lines of communication and telling them, like, 
you can't what they say nothing slick to a can of oil like there's nothing under the sun that you can do that i probably either haven't done or haven't had a friend do or something you know because a lot of times they feel like i can't talk to them about this because they're not gonna understand or they've never been in this position but baby (laughs) yes (laughs) before i had you before i had you (laughs) your mama was out here Mom, no, you are. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I wasn't. I think that this was great, though. So, is there anything you want to leave with the people when it comes to unlearning childhood trauma, different things that they've dealt with growing up that they are becoming more aware of now? Um, just continue to do that. Continue to unlearn it. If you can't do it on your own, go to therapy. Definitely. Therapy helps. Or if you have a friend that you feel like you can talk to. Sometimes when I talk to like Shakira or my other friends, I feel like it's therapeutic and I feel like I'm able to relate. Like it's good to have a friend who you feel like is going through the same thing as you because it's like, oh, it's not just me. Like yeah. this happens all to other people. Um, of course, always pray. Like that's, you know, very important. But Pray, pray, what faith without works is dead. So don't, you know, read your Bible, go to church. But if you need to seek help, seek help. If you need to talk to your parents, try to talk to your parents. If you don't have the type of parent, if you don't have the type of parents that can talk, don't let that get to you. Don't let that like eat at you. Know that you did what you could and walk away and heal by yourself like and there's a way to do that like you can heal without getting closure from the situation on the other end Mm -hmm. because that's something i have to deal with like talking to someone and them not fully understanding my point and not wanting to see my point being like okay whatever like i know where i stand and i forgive you forgiveness is like a huge thing and i know like in these times like people are like ah black people are so easy to forgive it's not a bad thing. Yeah. It's not a bad thing to forgive and to move on because for, forgiveness simply means that I'm not holding this with me every step I go. Like every step of my life, I'm not going to hold this hate, this anger, this 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 burden. I'm not going to hold this heavy weight on me, this heavy load on me. I'm letting it go. Mm-hmm. So learn to forgive people even if they don't ask for forgiveness. It's even if they're your parents, um, because your parents probably are never gonna ask for forgiveness. Um, yeah, continue being carefree, continue being black, yes, yeah. <laughs> and I continue calling for justice for Breonna Taylor, definitely justice for Breonna Taylor. Ridiculous, Ridiculous. that we even still have to say that. But here we are. Still having to say it. Ridiculous. It's infuriating. Yeah. (laughs) But I am so happy that you guys tuned in. Hopefully this whole visual aspect adds another layer to the podcast because you all are always like listening, but you never get to see anything. So hopefully, you know, if you like the Zoom kind of situation, the visual aspect, let us know in the comments. And we'll figure something out with this. It's not going to be an every podcast kind of thing. It's just guess. 
She's kiss. So thank you, Jazz, for everything. And guys, don't forget to stay black and stay carefree. And we will see you guys in the next episode of the Carefree and Black Diaries. Bye. Bye.